Hello and welcome to the second season of the Contemporary Art Tasmania podcast series, What Are You Looking At? I'm your host, Thea Connell, and in this episode we are talking about professional development. What does professional development mean to artists and those who provide the opportunities for artists? How do we quantify it and what is it that makes it important? Is it important? Where are the opportunities located and how can we seek them out? Pip Stafford and I have been talking to Tasmanian artists and industry professionals to unpack the widely used but slightly slippery term. My job is really looking at supporting artists in different stages and different ways and looking at what is it that the person really is kind of seeking. So it's trying to kind of ascertain what's missing and then trying to think of opportunities or situations that might provide something to fill that gap. We spoke initially to Wendy Morrow, a professional development officer at Arts Taz and a successful artist in her own right to get a broad sense of what professional development might be taken to mean in an arts context and also how it can be accessed. Within Arts Tasmania there's probably there's a number that I would put underneath a professional development kind of situation. Some are obviously within the programs that are offered for artists individually to apply for their projects um, but some of them are probably more within the area that I'm responsible for which is the residencies area so um, people might put an application in for the El Corso residency which is a professional development you know overseas um, or they might want to go and study somewhere work with a particular practitioner might want to do workshops anything that's going to feed them something that they can't have within the Tasmanian or national okay. context or there might be a residency that um, people have as an integral part of their practice that they go on residencies so that they use the space and time or a location, an environment or an, a network. You know, people want to go to the Cite, for instance, because obviously you're going to be surrounded by a different cultural context. You're going to be immersed in a whole range of different art experiences with a whole lot of other artists around you. So the conversations and the sorts of experiences um, you can't have in any other way yeah. by, except by going there. Yeah. So those sorts of things I think are really intrinsic in terms of people's long-term practice and development is that um, it's important for practitioners to continue to review and reflect upon well what is it that that seems to be lacking at the moment or what is the most stimulating thing that I could do right now or who do I need to talk to that is going to kind of give me some new ideas or um, people might be more established and just think I really need some space and time. In considering professional development more closely over the production of this episode, I've come to see that professional development goes hand in hand with creative development if you are pursuing or sustaining a professional career as an artist. The networking, selling of yourself and your practice, and the continual search for financial support through grants, residencies, loans, mentorships and commissions become central to extending an arts career. It can be a hard pill to swallow and a pill often smothered in personal administration but it's central as a strategy for self-perpetuation, especially when commercial marketability might lack in the work that we make. One of the things that I really try to stress to people is that it's, it is individual and to not to try to do a comparison about, well, what should I do next because so-and-so went, should I go? Um, that people really can take some sort of power and autonomy, I suppose, about what is their practice about, um, and are no the ideas path to success? Oh, absolutely, yeah, and absolutely. that you know that there's no one way of, of you know 
getting there because there isn't anywhere that you're going to get anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not quite sure where we're going. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a hard thing to measure. Yeah, you know, exactly. And and I suppose you know a lot of people when you talk to them for a while, what they might begin to think that they want shifts around once they start to think about it a little bit more deeply and that to be questioned is that really true you know is that really what you want to do now Um, or is it what you thought you should be doing because you're at that particular stage. Professional development opportunities can not only be reduced to strategy however they can also be incredibly satisfying introducing you to new and inspiring people and contexts and a great way to give yourself the time to reflect on your career and where you might want it to go. Kylie Johnson, Exhibitions and Public Programs Coordinator at Contemporary Art Tasmania, spoke to us about the specific tailoring of the shotgun program to the needs of the selected artists and those benefits that are harder to quantify. Shotgun's uh, in its sixth edition this year. It started out, I guess, uh, so it started out from a program at CAST, um, three into one, and that it became obvious after a while that that had lived its life and we needed to focus a bit more on what artists um, wanted or wanted out of programs. Um, It started as an early career project uh, and I think the first four editions were very focused on that. And one of the major things that we wanted to get out of this was to lift um, artists' ambition and also to listen to what artists and what they wanted because there's a lot of programs that actually focus on what we think um, in terms of um, an institutional idea, what we think artists need. Uh, But in this case, it's listening to the artists and and tailoring a program specifically around their needs. So the program is flexible and, as I said, tailored to the artist. And that's done in, in a joint way. That's developed in a joint way. It can be as obvious as who you rub up against, who, who you have a drink with, who you get to talk about your ideas with, who you get to spend time with. It can be as, as simple as that. And that connection is really important. And it's a slow burn. It could happen, you know, things might take off for you, whatever they may be. It's not necessarily exhibition outcome, but it may be ideas that feed into the work that might not be obvious over the short term, so that might take a few years to develop. But everybody that's been involved in the Shotgun program has continued the relationships with the key mentors that were involved in the project. And I think that's quite a satisfying thing. So perhaps now is a good time to shift the conversation over to some of the artists who are taking the opportunities available. Starting with Nadej Philippe Janon, who is one of this year's Shotgun recipients. Um, So my name's Nadej, I'm a visual artist from Hobart, Tasmania. I'm currently doing an AsiaLink residency in Sapporo, the northernmost island of Japan. Um, So I've been here for three weeks and my work lately has been um, taking the form of kind of these immersive installations using light and animation and physical objects. Just making work and having shows is probably I mean, the most important part of um, professional development in that um, at the time when I've had shows, I've not thought of professional development. I've just thought about, um, you know, my practice and didn't really think it would lead to anything. But every time I've had an opportunity, someone's been like, I saw your show and it's it's really about seeing your work. (laughs) Yeah. And the flow, I guess it's that 
more organic flow of one thing to the other and and that, yes. that sort of um like that intangible like the intangible parts of professional development like the meetings and the people you just casually chat to at, at an opening or yeah like totally it's also little things that kind of happen that build up and um yeah eventually lead to bigger better opportunities yeah well-funded opportunities. <laughs> yeah have you found like I know that I get like personally pretty frustrated with like the amount of personal admin that you kind of need to undertake as a contemporary artist. Do you find that difficult at all or how do you kind of manage your own admin stuff? In some ways I kind of like it <laughs> because otherwise I might not necessarily think much about my work or what I want to do. It kind of forces me to do that. Um, but it is very time consuming and sometimes I just would like to, you know, be actually physically making things or um, rather than being in front of the laptop, you know, every day. Um, and actually, yeah, I stopped making work. Well, I didn't have any um, projects going on for a while. I pretty much spent the whole time just applying for things, applying and applying. And um, it was fruitful in the end if you do enough applications then <laughs> something will come of it um, and but yeah no I didn't mind that time I still felt like I was um working on my practice even though I wasn't uh, you know physically making work yeah um, it is important to be able to step away from it like that you know you kind of it is a real balance in the fact that you have to sort of have those intense times in the studio like kind of smashing out as much work as you can because it's kind of brimming over and then the times when that isn't happening and then it's more a time of reflection and writing yeah. and maybe that's where like grants and proposals and all those things really find their place is those moments in time when you know you have you have a bit of space to reflect mm. Mm. Yeah, I think having that kind of space is really important for me anyway. So this residency I'm doing now, is, I have a lot of space <laughs> to think about my practice and what I'm doing. Um, yeah, without all the distractions. Liam James is another Tasmanian artist who has been a recipient to important arts opportunities at both a local and federal level. Here's what he had to say on the topic of professional development and its role in his career so far. My name is Liam Brody James. I'll go by Liam James, though. Uh, what I do is I am a practicing artist and sometimes curator on the weeks that I like to call myself that. Yeah. It's taken me long enough to feel comfortable in calling myself an artist. Yeah. I'm not quite there with curator yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it another four years, maybe. Yeah. Do you feel like maybe you're on the spectrum of artist and curator and all the other things in between as well? Yeah, I guess so. You know, do a little, try and do a bit of administration. Yeah. Um, I guess that it's that obvious thing in the art world now that, you know, you can't exist within one field. I wrote a list of all the things you're doing or that I could remember. Mm -hmm. you do, you've been doing the cat board mentorship. Yep, did that. You're one of the um, board members and um, curators at Constance, mm -hmm. RE, and you just, um, you also won the... Mona scholarship last year in 2015 mm -hmm. 
You've got an upcoming exhibition as part of Next Wave that I saw as part of their opening weekend. Yep. And you also just got shortlisted for the Portraiture Prize in Canberra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's, that sounds tiring. That is a lot of stuff. How do you keep all these balls in the air? I kind of find it useful to have different projects all going at once. Um, I think if you get tied into one project for too long, then they become really tiring. Um, and I guess some people would do other things, say like being an artist might have another hobby or something they go and do to break that up. But I guess what I try to do is when I feel completely burnt out by say my art practice and I want to throw myself into curating or throw myself into doing some work for Constance and doing admin and then when that's too boring and too tiring then I can go back to doing my artwork mm-hmm. so I guess it's each one is an escape from the other yeah <laughs> um, but then that allows me to kind of be constantly active and doing something because I feel like in an industry like the arts if you're not willing to give every last bit of yourself to it because it's so competitive and so demanding, then don't bother starting. I feel like I had a memory of when I was in first year of art school and um, one of the people that we knew who was a couple of grades above us, me and my friend Matt Carey, uh, she said there was some spots open in this Youth Week arts show that was at what Sawtooth used to be before it was Sawtooth and we approached the curator and he told us we could be in the show and I remember going to that opening and it was the first time I'd made artworks and went in the gallery and you know that's when I felt like I'd made it yeah and then of course that became the norm and then I was like oh no you know then you have these realizations that there's more and more and so you know I think that it's that horribly brutal thing that every time you think you're like oh yeah yeah I'm doing all right then you get to also have the next realisation of, oh, God, no, I'm not doing anywhere near enough. (laughs) Uh, There is so many pegs to climb. And I think I'm at the point now that because I have that realisation that I didn't when I was younger, that perhaps that means that I'm closer to becoming an artist because I'm aware that I'm not at a position that I am wanting to be. Do you think a part of getting to that point in your career... Um, is reflected in an ability to say no to certain opportunities or do you still feel like there's everything that's offered you want to just like take the chance to to develop yourself further? Um, I think that I'm a person of contradiction and so I would answer that question with you know you need to learn to turn down things you don't want to burn yourself out but then it's really hard Um, and especially because the way not the whole industry but a lot of the arts work that you know the people who invite you to do stuff quite often are friends or people you know, people you want to impress, people you want to have a good relationship with. So you do these things because you want to further that relationship or you don't want to sully that relationship. So it's really hard. So, you know, yeah, you should turn things down. But at the same time, it's very hard to do. Yeah, I think there's a difference. And then there are times where it's really easy to turn things down when you just know that organization that ideology just does not align with me at all and that's quite easy to do but when it is an ideology that aligns with yours even if your plate's over full it's really hard to turn things down 
following on from that, would you say that um, like your mentor, the mentorship programs you've undertaken that have been kind of labelled as such, um, have they been as vital as say like the chance meetings that you have through all the other things that you've been involved in, or how do you? I mean, who are some of the key players who have been mentors to you and have it, has it been in a formalised professional way or has it been just through, like, chants and friends and openings and such? I think the more formal things uh, are definitely better from a wider community sense. So the f- fact that people who don't know me, when I put an application in, say, in the mainland, will know the the brand of Contemporary Art Tasmania will know the brand of Mona, but won't know the brand of me. And so these are nice things to sell that are attached to me now. But then at the same time, I would say the greatest, like, mentors that I've had, the biggest influences on my my practice, how I see the art world, have definitely been either peers or those slightly older than me who are now perhaps coming peers or are peers. So you've got this show coming up as part of Next Wave. Mm Mm-hmm. How has it been dealing with an organisation like that and what's it like being a Tasmanian, I guess, going into that kind of a context? Has it been a difficult relationship or how's it been? Um, Yeah, this is the first time I've worked within a festival context, Um, but I think with the Next Wave Festival, it kind of needs to be highlighted that even though it's a festival, it's not what we think of as a normal festival, I guess. It's... It is this just like bringing together of um, a bunch of young emerging artists to be presenting at the same time, and that's the focus. Not not quite often when we think about festival art as something that's tacked on to yeah. the side. You know, here it, it's the, the visual arts, the theatre, and the performance are the core aspects. This is what's important. This is what they're presenting. Has it been difficult? At times, but all good things are. It's kind of been great. I was doing some writing for an interview the other day on it. And it was the first time I had really reflected on what it was to be a part of this specific festival. And I thought about the peer group that had arisen. And uh, this is the first time that I've engaged with a national peer group. I've always been very Tasmanian-centric. Uh, and not that these people are very close to me or anything like that, but just going, I'm part of this that they're a part of and they're out there in the whole of Australia doing all these things that sit within my ideology of things has been really rewarding and kind of made me feel more secure about my practice and what I'm doing. Since I like, since the first time I picked up a camera, I always felt like it was something I would never not do. I don't pick up the camera anywhere near as often as I used to, um, and that's been a direct choice. Um, and something that I really want to do is touch cameras less, um, but that's another conversation altogether. <laughs> but it will be never—it'll never be something that I leave the art making art, um, and I hope I never stop. Thanks for listening to What Are You Looking At, a podcast edited and produced by Pip Stafford and myself, The Connell. For Contemporary Art Tasmania. We'd like to thank our interviewees, Wendy Morrow, Kylie Johnson, Nadej Philippe Janon, and Liam James for their time and insights. The music is by Josh Santospirito. Contemporary Art Tasmania is a professional level 
public presentation platform dedicated to developing contemporary art in Tasmania. To find out more about our programs, head to www.contemporaryarttasmania.org. What are you looking at can be found on our website, as well as on iTunes and SoundCloud.